few moments ago, I placed a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And as I stepped back and stood during the moment of silence that followed, I said a small prayer. And it occurred to me that each of my predecessors has had a similar moment. And I wondered if our prayers weren't very much the same, if not identical. We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I. The armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And I wonder, in fact, if all Americans' prayers aren't the same as those I mentioned a moment ago. Sometime back, I received, in the name of our country, the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of a serviceman, for we're never quite good enough to them. Not really, we can't be, because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. And all we can do is remember. Each new day carries within it the potential for breakthroughs, for progress. Each new day bursts with possibilities. And so hope is realistic and despair a, a pointless little sin. And peace fails when we forget to pray to the source of all peace and life and happiness. I think sometimes of General Matthew Ridgway, who the night before D-Day tossed sleepless on his cot and talked to the Lord and listened for the promise that God made to Joshua. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Today as never before, we must pray for God's help in broadening and deepening the peace we enjoy. Let us pray for freedom and justice and a more stable world. And let us make a compact today with the dead. A promise in the words for which General Ridgway listened, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. In memory of those who gave the last full measure of devotion, may our efforts to achieve lasting peace gain strength. Thank you. God bless you all, and God bless America.
would ask if you have served in the United States military, if you would please stand. We want to thank you. I think I would echo the crowd to say there's no way we could say thank you enough. Not enough that we could say to say we appreciate it. It's beautiful. The sacrifice that's been given for us. The uh, way that we get to serve. If you go back and search through history, you can see God moving and uh, see Him blessing our country. We're free today and we're able to come together and serve because uh, people had a boldness and people had an inspiration from God to step forward and say, I'm willing to die for this. And we want to say thank you as a church for being part of that group that would say, I'm willing to give, I'm willing to serve, uh, to pay a price for freedom for so many. Let's appreciate our veterans one more time. You can't talk about sacrifice. You can't talk about service. Uh, with not quickly going to what God has done for us and Him giving His Son to die on the cross for us, to pay a price. Uh, the beautiful thing about freedom is it's not only an, an outward thing that, that can be uh, uh, won and can be given, but it's beautiful because God is able to give freedom on the inside. And, and in some respects, that's even more valuable than freedom, so to speak, on the outside. So we come today to celebrate the freedom that God's given us, the liberty that He's given us. It's so beautiful and wonderful to live free on the inside, and it's beautiful to live free on the outside. Amen. Today is a, a great time, and it's a great day for us to come and celebrate our freedom. We are Stratford Heights. If you would stand with me, we're going to start off our service in the proper way. We are Stratford Heights, and we exist to embrace God, connect with one another, uh, pursue growth, and serve the world. That's who we are as a church. I want to share the scripture with you. 2 Corinthians, uh, uh, I believe it's 3 and 17. There's a little part in that scripture there that says, For where the, the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's the freedom that I talked about that's down deep on the inside of us. And it's the freedom that we get to walk in every day. If we call out to God, if we call Him ours, there's a Spirit, there's God, the Spirit that goes with us and that's with us and that creates liberty down inside of us. A freedom that separates us from sin. It's a freedom that separates us from situations and different things that could have us chained down and bound. It's freedom that we have today and it's freedom why we come into the house and celebrate today. It's the liberty that we have. Not only that we can have it inside of us, but we can celebrate today that freedom. Today is a, about a celebration of freedom, celebrating and remembering that there's a cost involved in honoring God, and He has come to bring you freedom. Today, if you're in this house and you feel bound up and you feel weighed down, if you can almost symbolically go like this and feel a chain around your hands, I'm ready to tell you that God is here to break that chain off of you. Amen. He's here to give you freedom inside of your heart and your life and do something to set you free, something that you've never even thought of. God's ready to move in the house. It's not just another day. It's not just a church service, but we serve a God that's mighty and able to do the incredible and able to set the captive free this morning. Amen? Amen. To God be the glory. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, 
God, we couldn't go another step further without saying thank you for what you've done. God, you came into a situation where we were bound as a slave to sin and a slave to the things of this world. And God, you cut the chains. God, you flung that, that cell door wide open and you brought freedom for us and liberty for us. God, that the light could come in and set us free. Lord, we celebrate you today. We celebrate the liberty. We celebrate the, the freedom that you've given us, Lord, and we walk in it today. And we praise you and thank you. God, we thank you. Lord, that we get to live in a free country. Lord, thank you for all those that said yes, that went before us. All those that paid a price, Lord, to, to bring freedom for us. God, we thank you for that. We pray that you would reign over America again today. Lord, that you would bring revival. You would bring freedom from sea to signing sea. Lord, not only on the outside, but God on the inside. We pray that there would be revival in America again. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters that are the nation of Britain the nation of Israel. We pray for them today. God, that you would minister to them. Lord, that you would bring comfort. You would bring strength. and You would protect them and march with them, Lord, as they, they fight the battle of being yours. Lord, I pray that you would just take care of them and minister to them. And we pray that you would have your way in this service. Lord, that you would have your way to bring freedom to every life, to every heart. Lord, let there be a work come, Lord, as we worship and celebrate you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we lift you up God, we honor you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, we celebrate and we worship today your name. Amen and amen. Let's have church this morning.
giving honor to warriors today. Hallelujah. I love the part of that in that song that says that he is my mighty warrior. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. Before Defender behind me. Defender behind me. I won't fear. I won't fear. Filled with, filled with anointing. My cup, my cup's overflowing.
God is here. 
some stuff that we we want to pray about today we got some we got some hurting folks in our church that we want to pray about but I just want to share something with you real quick we was at a conference uh, just a few weeks ago and I believe they began to sing this song something awesome happened in the crowd umbrellas started to go up during the song and it was so so perfect so so anointed in that moment because what it represented was we believe that he's reigning. We have an expectation that he's reigning in our situation. And, and sometimes, you know, if you're getting ready to leave the house and you, you've heard maybe it's going to rain, you'll grab the umbrella in the anticipation that it's going to rain. Well, I believe that, that God can reign in this house. And that he can reign in your situation. And, and I don't know where you're at this morning. Sometimes we, we go through the, you know, we can count off the songs. We, we go through the motions of church and we do whatever we do. But I'm here to tell you that the God of the Bible is real. 
and that he is able to reign in the house. He is able to touch those things that you thought were dry and dead and gone. He's able to touch those things that maybe you, you've kind of just, you pray about them over habit. You kind of push them off to the side. They're just a number on the list somewhere. But I'm here to tell you that God's able to touch you. He's able to touch those needs. And I believe fully today that he wants to reign in your life. If you would, will you stand with me for a moment? We're going to pray over your needs and we're going to pray for where you are right now. And I'm telling you, if, if symbolically, spiritually, so to speak, if you get an umbrella out in your mind right now and you say, God, I'm expecting you to reign in my situation. I've, I've come into this thing. Maybe I was hopeless and just kind of going through the motions today. I got a lot on me, but God, I'm going to push that all aside right now. And I'm just going to let you reign on me. If you'll do that, if you'll put those situations out there, if you put yourself out there, so to speak, God's going to reign in your situation. Take that need and, and just get it in your hand or get it in your mind symbolically, however you want today. You, even yourself, your own heart, maybe you feel you're just dry and you feel like, you know, your relationship with God is not alive. God wants to rain on you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we've come expecting today. Lord, not, not for just the motions of church, not just for a schedule, but God, we've come today because we really, we really do know that you're real. And God, we cry out in, in faith today and say, God, reign where I'm at. I feel like I'm in a desert place, hopeless with my situations, with my family or my friends or my kids and uh, my job. You know, I feel like I'm stuck in this dry place, but God, I believe that you can reign today. I'm expecting that you're going to reign today. We cry out to you and ask you to reign and make these situations new and fresh and vibrant again. Let the green grass begin to break through dry ground, Lord, in our lives, and let there be a move of your Spirit today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we bring these things to you. We bring our concerns to you. God, in faith, we bring them to you. And God, we're going to walk out of this place and, and shake off some of the, the rain that's on us. We're going to begin to go out in the world and walk this thing out because we have faith we have confidence in you lord that you're able to move and able to do it and we're going to walk out of here exactly in faith knowing that you are doing it god you've come to us called us together we've come together and we're not here just for a fun time or a show but god we're here because we know that you're real and you're able to do it you're able to bring liberty to our situations so we praise you and thank you for that for every need that you've touched for every heart and life that you've ministered to in the name of jesus amen and amen Amen and amen. <laughs> if, if you need to sit down, that's cool. Uh, but I want to share some, uh, some, some, some uh, prayer requests with you. Uh, and I've got several different names that I want to mention, so that's why I want to give you the opportunity to sit down if you want to. But we're going to pray over these things. We've had, last week we had uh, Jim Lawson passed away, a family, in our, uh, a family that was faithful to our 830 service years ago. And uh, they, uh, he passed away. We had a service last week. Yesterday, they had the service for Bob Napier's uh, father. So we want to be praying, continue to pray for him. Uh, Helen Smith, which is uh, Benita Berger's mom, and uh, several other family members are connected to our church. Uh, Helen passed away yesterday, so we want to remember them. A, a faithful servant, uh, just a beautiful lady. Uh, Buddy Davis went home to be with the Lord. This is uh, Willard Davis, one of our ushers. It's uh, his wife and uh, Delbert's mother uh, and uh, Debbie Ockberger's mother. 
uh, she went home to be with the Lord just a couple of days, and we're going to have their service uh, here in a couple of days, so we want to be remembering them. Uh, the Lawsons had a, a loss this week, a, a grandfather, and we want to pray for them. Um, we also have uh, Sherry Sharp, her, uh, her mother passed away, so we want to remember them. And we've had uh, Don Edmonds' father, uh, Clarence, has passed away, and uh, his service is in a couple of days. So there's a lot of hurting folks in our church. We, we have five funerals in six days. Starting yesterday, we have five funerals in six days. So we want to pray for all these families. The, the church is hurting. We've, you know, we've had a lot of people that have went into the reward and praise God that they've made it across the finish line. You know, They are there, but, but on this side of things, we have a lot of broken hearts. So we want to be praying and, and loving and taking care of our folks. We also want to continue to remember baby uh, Charmaine that's up in the uh, children's hospital. And we also want to remember uh, Brother David Van Hook. We want to pray for him. So we're going to pray for all these needs. And uh, with this week, be praying for your church family. And uh, we'll be serving a lot of dinners. And there will be uh, several needs if you want to call the church. and uh, or, or somebody's going to be calling you about food. and Just different things that we need around the church. If you want to serve this week, just call the office and we will get you connected. But we can all be praying and uh, loving our folks. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're in a season, Lord, where you're calling folks home, and we appreciate, God, that they've made it, and, and we celebrate their victory, and they are celebrating now, and we appreciate that they've made it, God. But you know on this side of things, God, we know that you're able to comfort us and be with us, Lord, as, as we have broken hearts, as we're experiencing what it feels like to grieve and have separation. God, we pray that you would wrap your arms around us and our families and our church. Lord, that you would touch every heart and life that's here. Lord, that we would experience um, peace and comfort that, that we couldn't describe, we couldn't explain in any other way just to say, you know what, it's God. We pray that you would comfort hearts and lives that are in this house today, broken in our congregation. We pray that you would move and minister and have your way and do a beautiful thing in their lives. Lord, we pray that you would touch baby Charmaine at the hospital. Pray that you continue to minister to her and continue to help her get sh strong. God, we appreciate every testimony and praise support that we get. Lord, we pray that you continue to touch her. Pray that you would touch David Van Hook. Pray that you would minister to him, bring peace and comfort. Lord, to him and just help him, Lord, to get across every hurdle, Lord, that's in front of him. I pray that you just give him the peace and hope. Touch him and Yolanda, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. 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 We want to give you an opportunity to worship the Lord with your tithes and with your offerings now. And I just want to say to our folks that are watching online, there are literally hundreds, literally thousands of folks that are joining our service uh, by way of the internet and Facebook. And we just want to say we love you. We include you in all of our prayers, and we appreciate uh, you, and we, we love you. You're part of our family here, and uh, we just want to tell you that we love you and say hi. Uh, but we are here to honor the Lord with our tithes and with our offerings, and we want to give. Give as God has commanded us, and give out of love and out of a, a serving heart to minister to uh, situations all around the world missionaries all around the world. Not only do you bless the missionary, but the missionary is blessed so he can be a, a blessing. She can be a blessing to where they're at. So we minister every Sunday. When you put a loose dollar in the offering plate, we minister to thousands and thousands of people around the world that we will never see, we will never know until we get 
uh, to glory. So, but you're making a difference. You're making a difference, and that's what that's what we uh, that's what we want to see happen in Jesus' name. Let's pray, dear Heavenly Father. God, once again, we thank you that we live a free life, that you provide for us, Lord, everything that we are and everything that we have. God, when it comes down to it, you're the you're everything to us. Lord, we appreciate you and thank you for what you do. We pray that you would move and work and have your way, Lord, in every situation, but God, in our finances. We pray that you would bless every heart and every life, everyone that gives and everyone that serves, everybody that's obedient to your call, Lord. We pray that you would bless the offering today. Let the ministry go forward out of this building, Lord, and with our people and with the missionaries around the world. God, we pray that you would make all the difference, Lord, as we trust you and give to you and honor you with it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Because he lived to make me whole, I owe my all to him who saved us. Anybody thankful for Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that he paid? Do you stand to your feet with me today for just a moment? This is the last opportunity you'll have to stand. Unless I preach real good, then you can stand up and clap and give God praise and all that. You obviously, the, the more you do that, the faster we'll get done today. But this is the last time, unless you do that, that we'll be able to stand. So stretch real good and have an opportunity to, to, uh, to share the word of God with you. So because of what Jesus did, we came today to tell you that he saves. Amen. We came to tell you that he is coming back for us one day. And that's not a dreaded day for those that love him. That is a glorious day for those that are called, that love him and called according to his purpose. Because we know it's that day that we'll behold him and not another. We came to preach the good word of God today. The good word of Jesus and that he saves and he's coming back for us today. Would you go with me or, or coming back for us to come get us whenever that day is he knows and I'm just waiting on that day go with me to Luke chapter 14 really fast as you're standing Luke chapter 14 and I'm going to share this scripture in verse 25 I want to tell you today that salvation was not free We hear salvation is free. Yes, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. It, it, it is a, a gift. But let me tell you something. It wasn't free. Somebody paid that price for us. Somebody paid that price for our salvation. As sure as we're in here today and we are worshiping God free, we are coming together and there's no reproach of government intervening in what's going on today somebody paid the price for that freedom that we have today we are celebrating our veterans and our armed forces and all of those things and the blessings of God but I want to tell you our salvation somebody in the same way paid the price that we could be free today his name is Jesus and he died on the cross for us that all men that would put faith, men, women and children that would put their faith in him would not die but they would have eternal life in him. I thank the Lord God today that he sent his son to die for us but he paid the price. It wasn't free. There's nothing we could do to earn it. There's no good work that we could do. I couldn't give to the church enough, serve enough, and rescue stray dogs enough to, to earn it in any way, shape, or form. Jesus paid the price for it, though, and because of that, we accept it. I want to share a message this morning, if I can, called The Cost of the Cross. The Cost of the Cross. If we don't know what He has done for us, then we will never know what He expects from us. If we don't know what he's done for us, then we'll never know what he expects from us. Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 25, it says, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear, point this out, mark this right here, whoever does not bear his own cross, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost and whether he has enough to complete it? 
Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down and first deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends off a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, if any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Lord, bless your word. I know it's anointed, God, by you already. God, let us operate, walk in it, feel your strength and your comfort, God, today. God, let it speak to us, God. I pray only the word of the Lord, God, to, to strike our hearts and our lives. And God, let us surrender to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. What an incredible opportunity. First of all, always want to give honor and respect and and so much love and appreciation that we have for pastor ray uh phillips and we're so thankful i'm blessed to be able to work with him every single day he's an incredible man of god thankful for the opportunity to share uh the word of god and him trusting me with such a a holy incredible man a godly man to entrust this pulpit that god has given him to me today i heard a story about an elderly lady and and her husband and her husband she or, or the wife had become ill and she was older in age and 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 as she began to to kind of uh, come to the end of her life her her husband at all she'd always told her husband that there was a this shoe box in their closet and he was never to touch it it was private it was a secret and he was never allowed to, to look in it or to, to grab it and bring it out. And so one day as he was kind of getting her affairs in order and looking around, he saw the shoebox and the curiosity got to him. He opened up the shoebox and inside the shoebox was two knitted napkins and $82,000 in cash. So he brought it to her and he said, Edna, he said, can I just ask a question? what's in this box and what does it mean and she said well when I got married my mom told me every time you made me mad to just knit one of these napkins together and, and he thought about that and he said wow well he said that is amazing 50 years of marriage there's only two knitted napkins in here and she said oh no she said the $82,000 in there is is the money I got from selling all of the knitted napkins <laughs> that I had made over the years. Woo, all right, amen. I want to share with you tonight or this morning a message called The Cost of the Cross. I feel like, and, and, and we could have planned this. I know you can. There's nothing wrong with that, but we didn't plan today. I didn't talk with Pastor Gary about what I was going to share about, but as I walked in the church house today and you sing uh, that angelic voice that Peggy Kelly has sharing that, singing that song, I knew that we were on to something, that God was trying to speak something to us, that he was trying to take us to the cross. And not just take us to the cross to see what he's done for us, which we know is, is of great value and, and the most we need to know what he's done for us, but also what he showed us at the cross. So I begin to prepare for this morning and pray and ask God to lead me. I almost could just see the Lord on the cross teaching us something. Not just paying the price, even though he did, and, and showing, or, or not just giving us something and getting something into our lives, but also teaching us the life that he's called us to live. 
that life that denies ourselves. And, and he even calls us in Scripture, as we heard, if you get mad at me today, then, then you'll just have to get mad at the Scripture because that's what I'm getting you, what giving you today, what, what Jesus has said. He said to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow him. He's calling us to that same place that, of giving and that same place of sacrifice, that same place of calling and offering, that same place today of surrender that he gave to God the Father. He gave us an example to forever live by and forever walk in. I tell our young people all the time, I, I had a struggle with the scripture, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. I, I didn't understand what that meant exactly. I needed some, I knew that, that I didn't need to jump on the cross like he did. I, I didn't get it. And then, then the Lord showed me one day when I was praying about it as if I'm taking up the cross. That means wherever I'm going, if the cross is with me, people will see Jesus. If I'm to put a wooden cross on my back and carry it around, everybody would ask what that cross is about. And that's the kind of life that I want to live. I want to live a life that I'm taking up my cross, I'm denying myself, and people are able to see the love of Jesus Christ in my life today. I believe that more than what he wanted to give to us, he also wanted to show us the life that he's called us to live. So if I could, I'm, I'm not good at these acronyms, but I'm going to give you a message a four-point message on cost today. And the first thing that I want to share with you about the cost is this, that there is a calling. There is a calling that God has given to us. There is something that from heaven and from the cross, Jesus Christ has sent out to all of his followers that were then, that were even afar off, and even until he comes back, he was calling us to that place of surrender. He was calling us to that place of, of submission. He was calling us to that place of reorganizing and reprioritizing our life. And actually, if we could be honest to it, he was calling us to give our life to him because he gave his life for us. Scripture says this in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3. It says, for you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Help me today, church. It's a beautiful exchange. When, if I die to myself, if I give myself to him, then if I die with him, then one day I will live with him. What an incredible call to know that when I give up that myself and I surrender myself to the Lord, I'm not losing anything. I'm actually gaining everything because I've gained a heavenly inheritance, an eternal inheritance that's in Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, it shares this in the first verse. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. I, I believe with all that I am today that when we look to the cross and what Jesus did there, he's calling us to a life that's surrendered to him, that's given to him. The, the call is this, this morning even, it's to reprioritize or prioritize our life with him at the center of everything that we do. There was a, a young girl that when I became the youth pastor at my, my dad's church uh, about 15 years ago, I was my first Wednesday night there, and I was fresh out of 
uh, Pastor Ray Phillips youth ministry bustling, running 200 kids and revival just breaking out on Tuesday nights and I was ready to go. My dad called and I felt like the Lord called me to go back and I went back and my first Wednesday night I was ready to go, fired up and four kids showed up to my youth group. And the Lord taught me that everybody matters. There's never, it doesn't matter your number. And, and pastor, he used pastor to teach me that. It didn't matter if you had five or 500. You still have the same heart. You still have the same passion. You still have the same preparation. But little did I know, and one of those four kids that showed up on that night was a young lady that her mom had gotten saved uh, a few years before that. She had grown up uh, in kind of some tough situations, and her family didn't serve the Lord at all. And, and uh, she, well, I, I won't, Definitely don't need to share all that went on, but she'd almost converted to a, a church that was not preaching the, the right word. They had added some things to the scripture, and it was, it was actually, she was on the verge of con- converting to that, and somebody called her and, and talked to her and kind of talked her out of that, redirected her life into the true gospel, into the truth of God, and, and her life had been changed. The mother had been changed, but the whole family had not yet received that salvation. This 13-year-old girl that came hated church. She hated being in church. She was bored when she came to church. She didn't understand what was going on. But her mom begged her, bargained with her. I'm not sure how she pleaded with her. We have a new youth pastor come and at least talk to him. And she showed up. And I'm sure she was a little uh, not sure if she even wanted to go. But she showed up that day. 13 years old, she was in a, a school of advanced studies there in the, the city of Oklahoma City. She was a lot smarter than me, probably, at 13. But she walked into service that night, and she was a little bit sheepish. She was a little bit taken back, wasn't real sure. And with just four, just a few people that were in there to, that night, we began to talk about the Word of God. And Jesus and the power of His Holy Spirit began to descend and fall upon just those few people that were in that room. And, and she made a, a declaration as we made an altar call. Even with four people, we called for those to receive the Lord's grace and the Lord's mercy. And I don't know what other phrase to use today but this that Jesus's love came and totally wrecked her life and I mean that for good I mean all of her priorities were all messed up after that because she got out of that and her little mascara was all running down her face and she had never known anything like this but she knew that God loved her and she knew that God had called her to something different she got a vision she got she saw the love of Jesus on the cross of Calvary she saw that Jesus loved her and her life was changed and let me tell you that little girl that we couldn't beg to get to come to church she never missed another service that I could even even remember she was there every Wednesday night and if she was in the country she would be in church now here let me tell you why I'm saying that her life had been reprioritized because she had seen the love of Jesus Christ she heard the call of God and it touched her heart and it changed her life they were a family that her dad at the time was an alcoholic mom was saved and 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 they had went they had made it their families their families tradition was every weekend to go to the lake had a lake house and a boat jet skis and all of this and it was just a tradition and that's a big thing there where we lived in Oklahoma a lot of people would go to the lakes there's not much else to do in Oklahoma besides eat a lot as you can see you know we're good at that but go to the lakes and they did that every single weekend but but listen to me nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with recreation and nothing wrong with any of those things but they went every weekend but something changed in her 
And she liked going there, but she didn't love it like she used to because she loved being in the presence of Jesus Christ. She loved being in his house. Her whole life was turned upside down and reprioritized. And I want to tell you today that her father got saved and he's serving the Lord. Her little brother's now saved and he's serving the Lord. They've adopted a, two nieces and a, a nephew right now and they're all serving the Lord. And she just got her license in the church of God. She's preaching the good word. Her and her husband took over as youth pastors for me when God brought me here. God's done a great work in her. She saw the cost that Jesus paid for her and she willingly offered up her life to him. That's what I want to say. There's a, a calling from that cross to, to his people that Jesus has put before us. And, and here's what we have to know in regards to that calling is, is we've got to offer ourselves to the Lord. Listen to Scripture in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Thank you, Jesus. We could see God's mercy. He doesn't say, hey, offer yourselves as, as some sort of religious or legalistic or begrudgingly. No, the first thing he says in that scripture, he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. He's saying this, if you can see God's mercy, if you can't see it, you're never going to offer yourself to the Lord. It's always going to be some sort of obligation if you don't see it. If your eyes are open and you see what Jesus has done for you, then there's nothing that's off limits in your life. There's no type of walls or boundaries that you want to lift up before the Lord. You want the Lord to have his way in your life. You want to give everything you have to him because you've seen that he's given everything he has unto us. It says in view of God's mercy, we see that. It says to offer your bodies as living sacrifices is holy and pleasing to God for this is your true and and proper worship your spiritual act of service or worship to offer ourselves listen to this this I looked up this word offer in, in the King James and I tried to look up the Hebrew word or excuse me the Greek word for that and the Greek word it means a free will desire a free will desire that means that is something that we desire to give to the Lord. And it's not just because somebody requires it of us. And it's not just something that we have to do with a, a frown. And it's like my kids. I tried to take something from Kinley the other day and she was holding on to it. And we were going back and forth. And when she yelled at me, I, I didn't know what to think. She, can't, she knows that people can't understand her right now. She's trying. She can understand. So she thinks if she talks louder, you're all of a sudden going to. But we were going back and forth trying to figure out. But, but no, this is a free will desire. God, everything you want of me, God, out of the desire of my heart, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to offer myself to you. I'm going to offer my life, and not just pieces of my life, but my whole life, because I have seen your mercy. I bring this free will offering to you. Is there anybody in this house today that loves Jesus? Is there anybody in this house today that says, Lord, I thank you for your mercy, God. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you love me and you died for me, God. Because of that, now, God, here is my offering. Here, here is my life. I want to say this to you and to the church body today. If this crosswalk isn't costing you something then I want to tell you today, then it doesn't mean anything to you. If it's not costing us something, 
then we need to look and realize that does it really mean what it's supposed to mean to me? Does it really mean anything to me if there's no cost in this crosswalk, this faith walk with Jesus Christ? If it's not costing me anything, if I'm not giving towards it, does it really mean anything to me? Is it really my whole life? Am I really giving what God desires of me? And maybe I'm not, and it's because maybe I haven't seen His mercy, but today is a day of offering. Today is a day that that says, God, here's my life. God, I want to give all of my life. I want to put you at the helm and prioritize and priorities of my life, Lord, because you have done so much for me. God, I offer myself to you. I can say this today, if we were to look deep at our lives and deep in the, the, the aspects of our life and we appreciate and obviously we love coming to church and being in God's house, but if we were to look at our lives, some of us, we, we may realize that we have invested more in McDonald's than we have the kingdom of God. We have more stock in Amazon right now than we have deep invested in the King of God. We've devoted more of our time and resources to things of this world. And, and I just want to say today, not in a way to, to somehow condemn or some way to, to come down and make people feel bad or guilty. I just want to say today is a day of change. Today is a day of transformation. Today is a day of offering where I say, Lord, here's my life. You can have it. You can have every part of it because because you've been so good, God. Open my eyes and change me. Can we give God praise this morning? Here's my offering, Lord. Here's my offering. We look at that, that there's a calling from the cross to his people forever. We recognize the importance of the offering. We need to bring an offering to the Lord. We need to offer ourselves to Him. It, it needs to be that very thing of free will desire. And we need to learn this. We need to learn. I've mentioned it already, and I've got ahead of myself. But we need to learn to surrender. To surrender. Every day we wake up. There is potential that day. Some days you feel it more than others. Can I just be honest about that? I guess I'm the only one. I got a couple amens. Thank you, Cindy, for that. But every day we, we have a fight or we can have a fight between what I will trust God with and what I won't trust God with. We have a battle where we've got to learn, am I going to surrender this part of my life to God and trust Him to do what He said He could do? I, I, this, it's really quiet in here. I'm preaching to myself, I guess. I, I guess I'm, am I going to trust God to do what He said He's going to do? Am I going to do what God told me to do and trust Him with what He said He's going to do? Me and my wife, we talk all the time in, in the youth group. We've been teaching this in our fear series. We've been talking about fighting fear and coming against that. We spend more time worrying about things that never happen than we do dealing with the worries and concerns of the day that we have. We spend so much time battling things in our mind that will never even take place. They'll never even happen, but we are so consumed and worried about them. And this is what I say, when we pray, then we trust. I'm not against praying over and over and over again, petitioning God like the widow. It says in the scripture, it tells us to do that. We need to be consistent about it. But there needs to come a moment where you lay it at the feet of Jesus and trust him to work and trust him to move and trust him to do what only he can do. Just a, a couple of weeks ago, my, both of my two youngest daughters were having surgeries. Presley was having a, a tonsillectomy, adenoid, just basic things, nothing major. And... and 
the other one, she was having just kind of a cosmetic surgery, and, and we had already been scheduled for the cosmetic surgery, but she got sick. And so they were like, she can't be sick for six weeks, or they won't do the surgery. And I was like, six weeks? She's a year old in nursery. She's a year old. She, she's like a magnet for just kids. So we were just praying. We were keeping her home and trying our best to just, just cover it in prayer and believe God. And, and I'll tell you, the week of both of the surgeries, both of them came down with just bizarre fevers. 102 degrees, 103 degrees, and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. We're going to have to wait six more months to do, and we were just, we were just thinking in our flesh, we were just worried, and so I prayed. We both prayed. We anointed them with oil. You know you can do that at home, amen? You can anoint your kids with oil. I do it all the time, and when they don't even know it, I, I, I just go in and just douse them down with the anointing oil. Let them have it, Jesus' name. You don't have kids like that, I guess. I just need a little something extra there just to bless them, Lord. Guide them. <laughs> but we prayed for them. We anointed both of them with oil. And listen, my little daughter, I was trying to teach her to pray. And I, I know when she catches face, she's going to be on fire. You, you'll want her to pray for you at four or five. I, she comes and lays her hand on my head and she says, Amen. And she claps her hand like that. She'll come and lay her hand right on my head. And so we were telling her what we were doing so she didn't scream and cry like, and yell and all that. So I just laid my hand on her. She grabbed my hand and put it right here on her head. I prayed for the youngest and we prayed for Presley. And I looked at my wife and I said, now we trust God. We trust God. So that was about a week before the surgeries, and they were supposed to go into the doctor a certain amount of days. And listen, the day before they were to go to the doctors, they both had 102, 103 temperatures. And I'm like, God, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to trust you. You're taking me right to the edge to trust you. And I just want to tell you, God, I do. I believe they're going to wake up tomorrow, and that fever is going to be gone. And guess what happened? They both woke up that day, and both of them, we took their temperature, and it was right back to normal didn't even give them medicine to deal with it Not, nothing against that but we took them in and both of their surgeries went off with the hits I just want to tell you God can do what he can do but we have to know to do what God tells us to do and trust him with it in the big and in the small I trust God to do what only he can do if that's you clap your hands right now to the Lord I will trust God with, with what I want. Here we go. We're going to just meddle a little bit today. I will trust God with what I want, but I will not trust God with what I don't want. Trust God for the things that I want and need in my life, but, but what about some of the trials? We, we don't ask for trials. I don't want trials, although this life, if we're honest, is laced with them. We go through trials all the time. And God wants to teach us to trust Him, but He also wants to teach us to surrender these things over to the Lord and trust Him. Believe Him to do a mighty work that only He can do. I, I want to ask you this and make this statement. Let your life be full of surrenders. We wake up. There's some of us this morning, we're so bitter that everything we say is a complaint. There's some of us that are in here today, we, we cannot stop with the anger 
And the reason we can't stop is because there's unforgiveness that's in our heart that we refuse to surrender. I'm meddling now, big time. I'm right here in somebody's life and heart. And I just came to tell you today that God is bigger, that God can move, that God can change. When we surrender those things in our life and our will to Him, then God, to God be the glory, He can come and bring healing and change. And that life that used to complain all of a sudden gives praise. And all of a sudden can't help. Like the scripture says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. All of a sudden they become a person of faith. They become a person that other people want to be around because they're so loving and kind. I, I just want to say that root of bitterness, it can defile many, but God can deal with it. God can heal it and God can deliver from that. Let our life be a life of surrenders. There's things that we're holding back from the Lord, but he's calling us to surrender those things if I could dig a little bit deeper I'll skip right over real fast but secret things that we're doing that God knows about and other people don't let us be a day of surrender and some of us it's our pocketbook it's our biggest problem we refuse to surrender that to God and trust him to do the rest with it. Matthew 29, verse 19, it says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake. Oh, Jesus. What that tells me right there, I, I want to do it for his name's sake. I want to give him glory. That means the more I give, the more he's going to give back. The more I surrendered to the Lord, the more he's going to remember before him when I stand before him one day. But it says, for my name's sake, anybody that's done any of these things will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. I, I just know that there's life in giving up and trusting God. There's life in surrender. There's life in accepting God's plan and God's will for our life. And everything that we have given, the, the cost, the price that it cost our life, it, it says everything that has been surrendered will be, will be, or my thoughts and my heart today, it will be remembered. So every time that you've given and every time that you've trusted and every time that you've been hurt, Every time that you've been disappointed and you feel discouraged and you feel lost and you feel like you've failed and there's no way possible out of this, I just want to remind the people of God that there is an inheritance that's to come. There's an eternity that's to come. And when we stand before him, everything that we felt like we lost, we realize that we gained so much more because we gained his eternal reward. Somebody clap your hands this morning. Give God praise. This last part I want to share. These scriptures today have been something that I've been praying about. And if I could be really honest with you, more so than usual, I always wrestle and pray and ask God to, to give me what he wants to say. But I have been unusually prayerful, even more prayerful than normal. And maybe you can call that being unsettled. But I really felt like the task this morning of sharing this word was important. Because I didn't want to go so far into uh, works save us. Didn't want to go so far into this if I'm good enough or, or this legalistic attitude that says that all of these things and add different things and 
that we have to obey almost like a Pharisee. You know, you add different things to, to make it even harder for people to come to the Lord. I, I wanted to be very careful that I recognized, I know who the hero of the story is, and it's not me or you. It's Jesus and what he's done. But I want to point us to what he's done so that it is a, a willing offering today that says, you know what, God, it, it's all that I have. It, it belongs to you. I see what you've done, and because of that, I want to follow you. But I also didn't want to go to the far end that's cheap. That's cheap. Oh, Jesus, you, you did it. And, and because of that, I accept that, and I receive that, and then I just go right back to the life I've been living. No change, no transformation. You know, we live in a, a time right now, and if we could look at the kingdom of God and teachings and, and, and things that are going out, there, there's a lot of cheap things out there. There's a lot of people that are teaching things that are all about us and very little about God and what he expects from us. Like I said, we, we've got to see what he did for us so we can know what he expects from us. I felt Jesus when I said that so strong in my heart and life. I, I've got to know what he did for me so that I can know what he expects from me. But this scripture that, that we've been reading about the cost of following Jesus, it, it shouldn't strike us in a way that brings this supreme amount of condemnation or the this supreme amount of, of the accuser of the brethren, you know, the, the devil, he points at us and he accuses us of all the wrong things in our life. Instead, it should strike us in a way that says, you know what, God, I, I want more of you. I want to surrender more of you because I know when I surrender more of you, I get more of you. And if I get more of you, then I'll have not a regret. I'll have not a time where I look back and say, you know what, I wish I would have done this different, but instead I'll know that God has been there and God has moved upon my life. This last thing that I want to share along with calling and offering and surrender, the, the call to surrender every single day. I want to talk to you about your time. Your time. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 61 says, as they were going along the road someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Man. How many people have told the Lord that over the years? How many of us have said those words? It just strikes me, the scriptures, I've read it in most services. It says, someone said to him, I appreciate the value of saying that, but I think the Lord appreciates the doing that more than the saying that. The saying that is great, the saying of that is really good, but the cost is doing it. Jesus, right there. I'm writing a book right there, and I just came up with the title right there. The, the cost of doing it is what he's calling us to do, and what he's teaching us is that it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it all. He's teaching us that it's going to be worth it. He said, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, this is the important words. Not what the man said, but what Jesus, he said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus is saying, I don't have a home because I'm out doing the work of God. I'm out following the Father. I'm out obeying the calling. I, I don't even have somewhere to rest my head because I am, I am doing what Jesus has called me to do. It's a priority shift that he's teaching him there and he's teaching us there. He's saying, you know what? What's most important in my life is the calling. What's most important in my life is the will of God. And I don't have what these other people have because I'm out doing the work to another. He said, follow me, Jesus called him. But he said, first, let me go and bury my father. 
And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Scripture's not telling us that that's not important to grieve and to bury our, our dead and to sit around and appreciate their memories and walk in that. What he's saying is to this man, he said, if you go back and bury your dead, if I could just have a little bit of space here to, to work what I think God's speaking in my heart. He, he said, if you go back to bury the dead and you go back, then you'll never come back and follow me. You'll never lead to following me. If you go back to what you were doing and back to the same old habits and the same same old place. If you go back to that place, then, then you'll not come back. So he said, let them bury. He's preaching and teaching him something. Let them bury. Let the dead bury the dead. But instead, you come and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say for, for, farewell to those that are at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What he's saying is, if you go, then you'll never come back. If you go back to those things, if I could just preach that, share a minute right there what's on my heart. If you go back to that without a decision today, without a decision today, we're, we're putting off the decision to, to prioritize Jesus, to prioritize our, our life and surrender our life to Him and be willing to pay whatever price and know that it's not even compared to what he's done for us or what he's worthy of in our life. If we don't recognize and leave right now in this moment, right now at this time, if we don't take this time to, to tell him and take this time to offer ourselves to him and say, God, I want to follow you no matter the price that it costs me because you have paid the price for me today. The time is now to follow if you go back to those things, you'll not follow me. I heard a, me and my brother-in-law were talking a few years back, and he shared with me a book, and we were just kind of going through it, and it was a, a famous coach. And he was reading it at the time, and we were kind of talking about it and, and, and sharing about it. But he told me that in this book, this coach, he, he said that 25% that of his life belongs to God. 25% belongs to his family. 25% of his life belongs to his job, and 25% of his life belongs to him. 25% God's, 25% family, 25% job, 25% himself. Wow, that just sounds so good, you know, to prioritize things like that. But I came to realize it instantly kind of messed with me and him too, you know, the, the thought of that. And if I was to call the coach's name, you would know him today. Some of you would be very angry if I called his name because you guys were fans of him for a while until he left. But he has been in the news so greatly lately for the trouble that he's got in. Not just the trouble that his own life and his own personal decisions have, have cost him, but also the, the places and, and people that he's been around. There, there's been a great consequence to the life that he's lived. And I just came to tell you, if God has 25%, our foundation is broken. If God has 25% of our life, just a, a quarter of our life, and all those other things have the rest of our life, I get it. You have to give time. And maybe they were talking about time. I don't know. But, but I, I know that you have to give your time, and time management matters. But I want to tell you the most important time that I have is me giving myself over to God, and the rest of those things in my life will fall into place. I've found 
That when 100% of my life belongs to Him, I'm a better father and I'm a better husband. I've found that when I give 100% of myself, 100% of myself to Him, I'm a better youth pastor and minister and walk in God's call. And I've found that I enjoy me a little bit and I get to rest a little bit when 100% of my seeking and my first priority in my life, it absolutely belongs to God. Listen, we have believed a gospel in the kingdom of God. Some of, or it's spreading through the kingdom of God that requires nothing of us it complements our life instead of shaping it I want to tell you when we know what Jesus has done because of the cross the cost becomes a pleasure stand to your feet with me this morning what am I trying to say this morning I just want to ramble on but I'm trying to say this this morning, the cross means cost, and we're called to ours. The cross, it means cost. We're called to our cross. He says to, to take up your own cross and follow me. And he said in doing that, you, you'll be made fit to be my disciple. Would you do something for me? Is there anybody in this house today that will join with me and say, you know what? I want to offer my life, my whole life to the Lord. Would you just lift your hand right there? All of us that are here today, love God right there. Just offer my, keep, keep that hand up right there to the Lord. Just want to offer myself to the Lord today. I want to offer my, my whole life. There's some of us, maybe in our heart right now, there's a battle being waged. But I'm going to tell you what, that battle is about to, to fall at the feet of Jesus because there's going to be surrender in this house today. There's going to be a decision made in this house. Now I want you to lift that other hand up to God now right there. God, my whole life my whole life and Gary's going to sing right here and he's going to take us to a place in prayer and a place where we say Lord we're offering up ourselves to you today in Jesus name in Jesus name Lord we love you somebody the opportunity right the church is going to pray with you but there's somebody right now wrestling in your heart somebody that needs to surrender their life fully and completely to the Lord I just want to lead you in a prayer I just want to lead you to that place God's already doing it he's the author of your salvation he's the author and finisher of it your, your faith today he's the beginning and the end he's the start of it but I want to lead you in a prayer today church can we pray this Lord Jesus come into my life Forgive me of my sins. I choose today to follow you. I trust you. I believe you're the Son of God. That you died for me, Jesus. You rose on the third day. You're now Lord of my life. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, can we clap and rejoice? If you prayed that prayer, that seed's been planted in your life and it needs to be watered and nurtured and grow so much so in your faith and your decision. And we have a, a passionate discipleship pastor that just wants to help in that growth. Please see her and let's grow together in Jesus Christ. God bless you today. Amen. Don't you appreciate that message, the cost of the cross? Beautiful, beautiful words. Amen. We want you to be blessed today. We do want you, uh, a real quick reminder, several weeks ago we handed out cans of pop to everybody and we asked you to fill that up with change and bring that back. That, that little fundraiser that we did goes to uh, our family fun fest. Usually uh, we get back, uh, you know, 120, 130 cans every year. We have several cans that are out and if you have yours, you still are filling it or it's sitting on the counter in your kitchen, you haven't brought it back. Yeah, we would ask you that you would do that. We're going to kind of close that down over the next two weeks. And we want to take all that change to the bank and let them count it for us and uh, take care of that event, Family Fun Fest. But anyhow, we want you to go today. We want you to be blessed. Have a wonderful afternoon. And whatever you do, stay warm. God bless you. James Jones is going to be speaking.